Welcome to the Gregory Digout Podcast. I want to talk about your story, God's glory, your story, God's glory. And I'm picking up where we left off last week. And would you look in your Bibles with me to um, Genesis chapter two, verse four? I'll read this to you from the Message Bible. And it says this is the story. This is the story of how it all started. This is the story of how it all started, of heaven and earth when they were created. And it's like this was the first chapter. And of course, Adam and Eve, God created them and Adam and Eve screwed up and they sinned and they were made perfectly. Their story was going along perfectly and then they wrecked the story. So that was a bad chapter in, in mankind, isn't it? It's a bad chapter in Adam and Eve's lives. It caused a ripple effect in all of our lives. But Jesus came and fixed it. Jesus came and became the second Adam. And he did it right this time. And he fixed it this time. And he saves us and he restores us and he heals us. So their story didn't end there. And we talked about how life is a story. And here in Genesis, he tells us the whole thing started. This is how the story started. This is God's story. This is his story, his story. That's where the word history comes from. It's it's his story. It's God's story. And you're the most important part of his story. You and me, us as people, we're the most important part of God's story, not the not the 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 stars and the sun and the moon and the planet and the trees and the animals. Animals are important. Animals are great. But the Bible says you're the crown of God's creation, like you're the highest of God's creation. You're his greatest achievement. You're his masterpiece and your life is a part of his story and your life is a story. Now, listen, I need you to hear this because here's what happens with with many with many of us. We want our lives to be we live our lives linearly. We read the Bible linearly, which means the word linear. I used it last week. It's the word. It it, it simply means a straight line. We read the Bible as a straight line. We go from Genesis to Exodus to Leviticus. But there's so many stories We don't realize the story behind the verses. And God wants us to understand there's there's a story behind each of these people. There's a story of their lives that it wasn't like it wasn't an Abraham came and Abraham was rich and Abraham lived a great life. And the end, it was Abraham suffered. Abraham was a nomad. Abraham had no money. Then Abraham learned how to, you know, trade and he made money. And then Abraham uh, heard from God and God said, I'm going to give you a son. And Abraham said, if you're going to give me a son, but my wife is not able to be pregnant. So let me go sleep with. So the wife says, go sleep with the maid. And he sleeps with Hagar. And, you know, she says, go, go, go have sex with our maid. And he's like, really? You know what I'm saying? Like he couldn't believe that she would do this because she wanted to bring the promise to pass. And he wanted to bring the promise to pass. And of course, that wasn't God's way. Stop right there. Stop. Stop. You better stop right now. <laughs> Listen, that wasn't God's way, but that's one of the mistakes that Abraham made. Then remember, King Abimelech takes you know, uh, Abraham and Sarah and he takes Sarah to be. She's beautiful. And he says, uh, I'm going to make her mine because he says first he says to Abraham, who is this? And Abraham says, it's my sister. 
And technically it was because they had like the same great grandfather or something. I mean, they were related in some way. She's my sister. He was lying. You understand? He lied. He lied like a rug. Listen. And and he said, she's my sister. So the king said, "Okay, well, if she's not your wife, she's your sister. I'm taking her. And as he is about to have sex with her, God appears to this man, Abimelech, and says, don't lay a hand on her. And the man says to God, he never heard from God before. And he said, what? 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 I didn't do anything, Lord. This is I'm innocent. He said, yeah, you are right now. But that that why that woman belongs to somebody else. That woman is somebody else's wife. He said, but yeah, but he told me it was his sister. And God said, that's why I'm not going to harm you. But just go give her back and bless them and bless them coming in and bless them going out. And that's exactly what he did. And the Bible says so Abraham and Sarah, man, they screwed up Uh, so many times. Abraham lied twice about his wife. Then, you know, the Hagar thing happened and they gave birth to Ishmael. What a mess Abraham's life was. We only read about how Abraham succeeded. We forget all the mistakes he made because we read the Bible linearly as a straight line rather than understanding it's fluid, it's hills and valleys, it's turns, it's bends. It's like our life is like driving in a car and you have a certain destination in mind. You put it into your phone or your navigational system and you make a wrong turn for some mistake you made or you, you know, you stop focusing and you make a wrong turn. And what happens? Your phone or your navigational system recalculates the route and reroutes you to still get to the same destination. Now, you may not get there as fast. You might have it might have slowed you down by making a mistake, but it doesn't change the destination. And God is the greatest GPS system. God is the greatest navigational system. And and we've God has this path for us. God has this 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 ending in mind for you. And he has the shortest route, by the way. You know, it's not a straight line, but he has the shortest route. But what happens is, is we make mistakes and we, you know, fall into ditches and we drive over cliffs and we we take turns. We say, oh, I think I know a shortcut. You know, the navigation system says that. But I think I know, you know, I've been around these streets forever. And now you're lost. You know, how people are. Oh, I know. But you're lost. Guess what? All of a sudden it recalculates and God recalculates and then reroutes you. It may it, your destination may be delayed, but I got good news for you. It's not going to be denied. It may be delayed, but it's not going to be denied. I hope you can see that and understand that, that here's what happens emotionally to us. Is when we live, when we try to live a straight line, when we expect life to be linear, when we expect life to be a straight line, what happens is, is whenever something goes wrong, it becomes a crisis to us. Whoa. Oh, my God. Oh, I I can't believe it. Because you built your expectations on life being a straight line. And when it's jagged and when it curves and when somebody like you, you, you grow up wanting to be a ballerina, you grow up wanting to be an astronaut and then you end up, you know, working in a steel mill, you end up being a waitress. It's not a problem. It's just a chapter in your story. But it doesn't end like it doesn't happen the way we want it to happen. Why do we want? Why do we get disappointed? Because we build up this linear 
expectation that everything's going to be a straight line. I'm going to get graduate from high school. Then I'm going to go to college. Then I'm going to meet a sweetheart. Then I'm going to get married. Then we're going to have kids. Then I'm going to have a business. Then I'm going to work my job. Then we're going to be happy. And then our kids are going to grow up and then our kids are going to come around our table and laugh and joke and have fun. And then we're going to, you know, and then we're going to make more money and then they're going to go to college and then they're going to and then we're going to retire and then we're going to be on the beach and then we're going to do this and then we're going to have all the money we need and we're blah, 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 blah. And it doesn't happen that way. And all of a sudden you found yourself divorced. What now? All of a sudden you found yourself one of your kids is on drugs. What now? Take a step back. And stop expecting life to be a straight line, but start trusting God's going to get you to the end anyway, because he's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the bookends. He's the author and he's the finisher. He's the index. And he's the like the thing in the back, whatever is in the back. You know, <laughs> he's he's the author and he's the finisher. Now we start drawing all over the pages like silly little kids and we screw it up in the middle. But he's still the author and the finisher. He's the author and the finisher. Trust him as your author and trust him as your finisher. He's the one one translation says he's the architect and he's the builder. Think about that. He draws it out and he builds it. And what what we do in the meantime is we make mistakes. We have heartaches. We have false expectations of this linear straight line life. And it doesn't work that way. It has bumps and bruises and curves along the way. And some of it is because of what people do in our lives. Some of it is because of what we do. Some of it is because we have a real enemy. The devil is trying to detour us all the time. There is a real enemy of your soul. So you see, those are some of the factors. Those are some of the intangibles that we don't think about when we dream of a storybook fairy tale life. I'm, I guarantee you, if you will. Trust God with your life, you will have a storybook ending. But you're going to have a sob story in between sometimes. You're going to have a horror story in between sometimes and a sob story. You might want to rethink whether you want that one, because that's I just thought about that. That's the letters SOB. So that's not a good that's not a good place to be. Right. All right. So you get the point, though. We have sob stories. We have horror stories. We have never ending stories. We have fictional stories. We have short stories. But look, your your story has a beautiful ending but it's got a lot of chapters in the middle and you're probably in one right now. Our country, our world is in one right now. Yeah, we may be on the tail end of it. But for a lot of people, it's brought a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear. Some people had to be laid off and some people don't have your job right now. And some people aren't experiencing what the story that you had hoped for, the story that you had believed for, the story that you dreamed of. But God's still dreaming when you stop dreaming. God's still writing when you stopped writing. God's still coming up with a renavigational system. Trust him today, because when we treat when we expect everything to be linear, when you expect life to be a straight line and when it when it's not, whatever happens becomes a crisis to us and we become emotionally unhealthy because we're trying to sanitize our lives 
so that our lives will be a straight line. We're trying to sanitize our lives so everything around us will be perfect. But things are never going to be perfect around us. There will always be viruses. There will always be sickness. There will always be negative things pulling at us. There will always be opportunity for anxiety and depression and fear. And there'll always be people that do you wrong. There will always be mistakes that you make, mistakes that I make, mistakes that we make that hurt others, that hurt ourselves. There are always going to be those things in our lives. Stop trying to create a utopian world that doesn't exist. There is no utopia until we get to heaven. And let me tell you something. The beautiful part of it is you could screw up your whole story. You could mess it all up and still go to heaven simply because you put your trust in Jesus as your savior and Lord. And that is enough to have a great ending. So you can have peace. Just take a deep breath and realize that you're in God's hands and everything's going to be everything that's in that is in his hands always gets better. Whatever we put in his hands, it heals whatever we put in his hands. He reshapes it. He molds it. He fixes it with the, just like the, the brother said that that quoted me, he said what the devil, what the enemy sends to defeat us, God bends to complete us. So just be just know that your story doesn't end there in the midst of the trial. You your story doesn't end with disease. It ends with Jesus. Your story didn't start with you. It started with Jesus and your story is going to end with Jesus. And he is going to renavigate and bring you through. You know, Jesus is all about stories. His life was a story. He told stories. This is what it says in Matthew 13 in the Message Bible. All Jesus did, verse 34, all Jesus did that day was tell stories, a long storytelling afternoon. His storytelling fulfilled prophecy. He said, I will open my mouth and tell stories. I will bring out into the open things hidden uh, since the world's first day, the curtain of history. He calls it the curtain of history. It's like your life. The curtain opens and you live this life and you don't know the script, but God does. And you make mistakes along the way, but God renavigates you and reroutes you. I hope you can hear this. And it says in 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 Mark four, I really wanted you to see this verse again in the message Bible, verse thirty three, with many stories like these, he presented his message to them fitting the stories to their experiences and maturity. He was never without a story. He was never without a story when he spoke. But when he was alone with his disciples, he went over everything, sorting out the tangles, untying the knots. Well, I want you to see that verse for a moment. He was never without a story when he spoke. But when he was alone with his disciples, he went over everything, sorting out the tangles, untying the knots. I wonder how many of us are in a naughty situation. I don't mean naughty, but that might naughty is naughty, too. But <laughs> but I wonder how many people are in a naughty situation. You're, you're all tied up in a knot inside emotionally. Your family situation is tied up in a knot. Your fa- your f- financial situation is tied up in a knot, meaning meaning it's it's not it's not clear. It's not it's stuck, right? A knot makes something stuck. It can't flow along the line along the rope. It's tied up in a knot. It gets stuck. It gets caught. You feel stuck. You feel caught. And here's what he says. Here's the beautiful thing. Your life is a story. God tells our lives in story form. He was never without a story when he spoke. But look at what it says. When he was alone with his disciples, he went over everything, sorting out the tangles, 
untying all the knots. I got good news for you. When you're alone with God. He's going to go over everything with you. He's going to sort out the tangles. He's going to untie all the knots. Bring your knot to him. And let him untangle it. Bring your, you know, I think of sorting out the tangles. It's like if you had long hair, I used to have really, really long hair when I was younger and it would get tangled up and, you know, you'd use these conditioners that would get rid of the tangles. Right. And even commercials would be all about getting rid of the tangles. And maybe your life is all tangled up right now. With worry, with financial mess, a family situation. But you have some alone time now, maybe. If you don't have it, make some alone time with Jesus. And bring your knot to him and bring your tangle tangles to him. He'll be the conditioner you never thought was ever made. He'll be the he'll be the, you know, the Boy Scout that can not that can undo any knot. I'm telling you right now, everything's going to be all right because you're in his hands. When you're alone with him, you know, a lot of people have felt lonely. There more studies show loneliness. A sense of loneliness. I saw a study yesterday, a sense of loneliness has increased eight hundred and ninety one percent in the world in the, since this pandemic, eight hundred and nine. It's not doubling. That's one hundred percent, eight hundred and ninety percent. It's doubling eight times like that. That's what he's talking about. That, that's what God in the midst of that. In your lo- alone time. He'll explain everything. He'll untangle and untie the knots. And you know what? There are some things that we're just never going to know until we get to heaven. Now, we don't have to remain ignorant because there are a lot of things we can know from the Bible. But there are some things you might never know until you get to heaven. I know people that have had miscarriages that have shared with me. And I know that that's a difficult thing that people go through. But here's the thing. We don't know. All and what and why. But here's what you can know. You have a child in heaven. Somebody has an abortion and then they feel great shame years later or they feel dead inside or they feel depressed. But here's what you can know. You have a child in heaven. You lost your child, perhaps in an accident or a tragedy, or you lost a loved one to this disease or to some other disease, to some other accident, to some other tragedy. How do you explain that? We can't explain it all. Some things we won't know till we get to heaven. But here's what we do know. That loved one will be there when you get there. You see, there's always a good ending. If you let the story go, let the story continue. Don't close the book in your relationship with God. Don't close the book in your marriage. Don't close the book with your kids. Don't close the book on yourself. Don't close the book on your finances. Don't close the book on. I'll never amount to much. And this will always be what I am. And I'll always be living from paycheck and I'll always be dependent. Don't close the book on that. Because it's you're always going to have a a good ending to the story. If you let the story go on, let it go on. 
let it go on. You know, I want to tell you about um, perspective for a moment. Because. Life really is all about how you look at things. Perspective. When you change how you see a thing, it changes how you feel about that thing. See, sometimes we think that thing has to go or that thing has to do this or that thing has to do that. But how you look at it and the reason why that thing is a threat to your emotions is because you're looking at that thing as having power over you. But if you change your perspective, just shift how you're looking at that, like God's going to get me over that. God's going to get me under that. God's going to get me through that. I'm going to speak to that. I'm going to pray against that somehow, some way that thing you need to know that greater is he that is in you than he's in the world. You're bigger than that thing. You're bigger than that thing. You're bigger on the inside. You're better than that on the inside. You're more powerful than that on the inside. And what that does is you don't have to remove the thing. You have to remove it's the power that you've uh, that you've ascribed to it, the power that you've given it. You've given it permission to have power over you. Take your permission back. Take back your power. And that thing no longer has power over you. And it doesn't even matter. The, the, Four men, the three men, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego went through a fiery furnace. They didn't change the fire. They just changed their company. The, they had a fourth man in the fire with them. It, their circumstances didn't change, but their awareness of the fourth man in the fire changed. And he was able to bring them through the fire without one hair on their head singed. You'd have thought if we get into a fiery furnace, we must have disobeyed God. We must be going. We must have failed God. We must be getting God must be judging us. You see how that perspective will distort you and it'll distort what you believe about God and it'll distort the possibilities that God can work in your life. They didn't say to themselves, God must be judging us. They got into the fiery furnace. They said, we're not bowing down. Even if you don't throw us in the fiery furnace, we're not throwing we're not bowing down to you. And if you do throw us in the fiery furnace, our God will deliver us. Our God will deliver us. And what happened? They got in the fiery furnace and Jesus showed up, the fourth man in the fire. And what did the king say? He looks like the son of God. <laughs> he looks like the son of God. Woo! Oh, I just hallelujahed myself on the inside. You couldn't see it, but nobody else is hallelujahing me or amen in me. So I just amen myself inside. All right. Are you with me still? Wow. You have the fourth man. Stop. Stop trying to put out all the fires and change your perspective about the fire. Like the fourth man's with me in the fire. Now you can just walk through and, you know, I could go. I, maybe we need some of the hairs on our head singed right now because we, our hair's gotten so long in the last four weeks. Right. We could. Have, you know what? Go ahead and turn it up a little bit because I need a few of the, you know, the, 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 the ends. I got some split ends down there back there. So, you know, go ahead and put the fire through that one, but then stop it. You know, we, we need to walk with confidence. We need to walk with joy. We need to look at our situation and go, God is with us. God is with us. It's all about perspective. It's how you look at something. Someone said we're all faced with a series of great opportunities, brilliantly disguised as impossible situations. It's amazing how different people can see the same thing, but have two different reactions. It's perspective. Some of you heard me tell this story before two sh two shoe salesmen 
150 years ago were sent to Africa. To sell shoes. One man sent a telegram home that said, get me home right away. Nobody here wears shoes. The other salesman sent a telegram and said, send me all the shoes you can. Nobody here wears shoes. Notice the facts were the same, but the perspective changed everything. Your perspective is the way you see something. When David's brothers saw Goliath, they thought he's so big we could never kill him. When David saw Goliath, he thought he's so big I could never miss him. Wow. They both saw the same giant. They just saw it differently. You can't miss. When God is with you, you can't miss when you have God's love. God's grace, God's presence, God's power, God's promises, God's armor, God's spirit. Wow. Can I take you through for a moment? A look at David's life, this David that couldn't miss this David that killed Goliath, this David that became king, this David that conquered kingdoms, this David that was a mighty man of valor. He didn't start out that way. Boy, not everybody. You see, you don't start out as Spider-Man. You start out as a quirky, scrawny little kid and you get bit by the Jesus spider. You don't start out as Iron Man. You start out as a rich, spoiled businessman. But you learn through the story of your life to become humble and give your life for others. I know I'm kind of melodramatic with the Avengers, right? But nobody starts out. As the gladiator. You start out as a soldier. And through the story of your life. You conquer an evil empire. You know, if you look at David's life for a moment, he was the forgotten young son of Jesse, a man named Jesse. He was the brother of seven warriors. He's the eighth child, but he was forgotten. They didn't think he could fight. So when they went to the battle, they didn't let him come. But his story didn't end there. When he was left alone with this helpless sheep, dirty, filthy sheep. While the other brothers lived this romantic life of kingdoms and conquering and soldiers and warriors and knights in shining armor. He could have become bitter and angry at his father for leaving him with the sheep, angry at his brothers for leaving him with the sheep. But his story didn't end there. When the sheep were threatened by a lion. He could have ran away. And let the sheep be killed, satisfying the hunger of the lion so that he could save himself. But he didn't. And his story didn't end there. When he was attacked by a bear. He could have become the bear's lunch. But he was protecting his father's sheep. And his story didn't end there. When his brothers ran away from the giant, he could have run too. 
But his story didn't end there. The giant could have crushed him with his bare hand. But his story didn't end there. He killed the giant. Samuel came looking. The prophet Samuel came looking at Jesse's sons. God told him Jesse has eight sons. One of them is going to be king. Jesse brings his sons out, but leaves David with the sheep. Samuel sees seven sons and says, nope, not this one. Nope, it's not this one. Nope, it's not this one. Nope, it's not this one. Nope. There's an eighth somewhere. Where is he? Oh, you don't want him. He's just a little runt. He's just over with the sheep. You don't want him. The brother's like, yeah, yeah, pick one of us. You don't want him. But his story didn't end there. They brought him and Samuel did say, you're next. You're going to be anointed. You're going to be king. You know, when he was next in line to be king, Saul became jealous. Saul became angry. Saul became envious. Saul became suspicious and Saul tried to kill David and he threw a spear at David to kill him. But his story didn't end there. David becomes king. David attracts warriors, attracts men, turns them into warriors. And he comes into a place in a season of his life. Where his lust. Could have destroyed him. Commits adultery, which should have destroyed him, then commits murder, which completely should have sealed his fate. But his story didn't end there. He withdrew his troops from one of his greatest soldiers and had him killed. But his story didn't end there. He could have been sentenced for life as a murderer, but his story didn't end there. Then he has a child with Bathsheba and the child is sick the whole time. David is depressed. David thinks of all the judgment that he feels against him, the shame, the guilt. But his story didn't end there. The child ends up dying. But the story doesn't end there. Because they give birth to another son named Solomon. Because his story didn't end there. You know, it could have ended with his own son. David's life could have ended with his own son who betrayed him. Years later, one of his sons, Absalom, betrays him, steals the hearts of all the soldiers. And David could have been enraged with bitterness, resentment. But his story didn't end there. But can I tell you where his story did end? Look in Acts chapter 13, verse 22. And I'm going to read this to you from the New Living Translation. It says, but God removed Saul and replaced him with David a man about whom God said. A man, a man about whom God said, I have found David. I want you to see this. God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, you know, there are a lot of people in your life that have something to say about you. But that's not how your story ends, because it's all about what God said about you, you know, You might have had teachers that said some stuff about you, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what they said about you because your story doesn't end there. 
What matters is what does God say about you? You know, you could have made and you have made like I have many mistakes and we could feel shame and we could feel guilt and we could feel like. My mistakes say this about me, my history says this about me, my past says this about me, my errors say this about me, my failures say this about me, but none of that matters because your story doesn't end there because all that matters is what God said about you. You see, the Bible says God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man about whom God said what matters is what God said. What matters is what God said about you. He said you're going to make it. He said you're his favorite. He said you are his. He said you're his beloved. He said that he loves you. He said that he's for you. He said that he fills you. He said that he's got you. He said that he's inscribed you on the palm of his hand. It doesn't matter what your history said. It doesn't matter what your mistakes said. It doesn't matter what people have said. What matters is what did God say about you? And notice what it says. I have found David. I have found David. It doesn't matter how lost you've been. God will find you. And then notice what God says about David. I found him. You know, we didn't find God. He found us. And he's the author and the finisher. Of your faith. I found him. He's a man after my heart a man after my own heart. This is the same David. That killed Uriah, the Hittite. This is the same David that saw Bathsheba and made and took her. Basically, essentially kidnapped her. She belonged to Uriah. This is the man that had a son with her and died. And he was depressed. This is the man that Saul tried to kill this, is the man that Absalom turned on and tried to kill him. This is the man, the same man that sinned so badly that the whole world knows. It's the same man that God said, I found David. A man after my own heart. He'll do everything I want him to do. My God. You're like David. You've made mistakes like I have. But God and our mistakes say something about us. Our history says something about us. People that know us say something about us. But none of that matters because your story doesn't end there. What matters is what God said about you. And you know what he said about you? I found you. You were worth finding to God. I found you. What else does God say about you? A man after my own heart. What else does God say about you? He'll do everything I want him to do. And then if you jump down to verse 36. It says for David served the purpose of God in his own generation, and then he fell asleep. And then he fell asleep. And then he was laid among his fathers when after God found him. 
after God picked him. After God said, you know what? They might not know your heart, but I know your heart. And you're a man after my heart. You might not even know your heart sometimes, but God says. But I know your heart. It's what God said about you. I found you. This is what God said about you. You're a man or woman after my heart. This is what God said about you. I know you're going to do my will. I know. I know the story gets rocky sometimes. But I know you're going to do my will. And finally, God says. You served my purpose in your generation. Now. The story can end. It's not ending till he finds you. It's not ending till he tells you he loves your heart. It's not ending. Till he. Brings you in. To his purpose and says. You're going to do my will. You're going to end up at my destination. How, Lord, I got you. You know, these are the only things written about David in the New Testament. All of his mistakes are written about in the Old Testament. That's man's view of David. But everything in the New Testament is God's view of David. I found you. Just like him, God says, I found you. I know your heart. It's okay. Don't worry about what they think. I got you. You're going to do all my you're going to do my will. And you're going to serve my purpose. For your generation, then until all those things happen. Your story doesn't end there. I want to pray for you, those that are. Would like to be saved, you'd like to get the story going with Jesus. It's the best story of your life. Best days ahead. Start when you accept Jesus Christ, as your savior and Lord. I'm going to pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you. Just pray this out loud with me. Say, Heavenly Father, if you want to be saved, you want to know you're going to heaven when you die. Pray this out loud. Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus died for my sins. And rose from the dead. I believe the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all my sin. And from this day forward, I'm a child of God. You are risen and I am risen with you. You've saved me. And now let your story continue. In Jesus name. Congratulations. If you just prayed that prayer, you made the the greatest and best decision you could ever make in your life. I've got a little book that I want to give you that I want to send to you. If you're in another country, we'll down. You can download it. Just let us know all your information. I want to send this as my gift to you. We'll mail it to you if you're in the US. Um, It's the next steps, the power of a new life. It's the next steps. Take the next step and let me give this to you as my gift to you and stay with me. Stay with us. Let's stay connected for everybody else. I want to pray for you. And I want you to say this, say, Heavenly Father, I want to pray that you would see the goodness of God, the thing that has anchored my soul. And anchors my life. 
is when David said in Psalm 20, Psalm 27, verse 13, I would have despaired. I would have lost hope. I would have given up unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. How did he go from the man who made all those mistakes to the man who God said, I found you? How do you become that person that God says, I found you, I got you, I know your heart, you're going to do my will, you're going to serve your the purpose that you were created for. Then the story will end, not a minute before that. It's because he was rooted in this one truth. I'm rooted in this truth only. I would have despaired unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Lord, give every one of us eyes to see. That you your goodness is chasing after us, your goodness is coming after us, your goodness is following us all the days of our lives, the good days, the bad days. Your goodness and your mercy are following every one of my brothers, my sisters, my friends, my those that are hearing the sound of my voice right now. Give them hope. That they will see your goodness. In Jesus name. Amen. Can we just take a moment? If you don't have to go somewhere right away, let's worship the Lord for one more moment together as we close our service out.
Everything's going to be all right. Your life is a story. It isn't over yet. God hasn't closed the book on you. Your best days are your next days. Everything is going to be all right. You're going to see his goodness in the next 24 hours. I declare it and prophesy it in Jesus' name. Hey, let's stay together. We're better together. Let's stay connected. I love you guys. God bless.